from Birdie. This is the podcast about the biggest beauty and wellness trends. Where they originate, who made them popular, and why we all jumped on board. Birdie presents Tell Me More. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> I'm Dr. Jessica Shepard, board-certified OBGYN and chief medical officer for Very Well Health. I'm Hallie Gould, senior editorial director at Birdie. This week on the podcast, we're talking about the psychology behind why we're so attracted to nostalgia in fashion. We're seeing trends like ballet core, Regency-inspired silhouettes, although maybe we should thank Bridgerton for that one, and Y2K mainstays in shows like Euphoria. What are we looking for when we travel back in time with our clothes? A sense of social connectedness? A feeling of security during uncertain times? Today's guest is the perfect person to help us answer these questions. Shakela Forbes-Bell is a fashion psychologist, which is incredible. You might know her from her platform, Fashionist Psychology, or her podcast and book, which are both named Big Dress Energy. Hi, Shakela. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Hallie. Hi, Dr. Shepard. Thanks so much for having me on. I am completely fascinated with your background of bringing in actual psychology to fashion. So I want to talk about nostalgia and fashion, but first I want to know more about you. Now, you were the first Black person in the world. I love when people are the first, but you were the first in the world to earn a master's degree in fashion psychology. So what is fashion psychology and how did you get involved in it? So fashion psychology is essentially taking every layer of the fashion industry and getting deeper into it. So understanding the why behind the what, essentially. So why we buy the things that we do, what drives us to wear the things that we wear, how different styles and aesthetics make us feel, how they can help us lean into or even conceal different aspects of our identity, and even how designers like utilize their personal histories and all of their emotions and the emotions of the current society and the cultural zeitgeist to feed into their designs as well. But it's really about understanding that every decision that we make has a ramification and it's it's driven by something. So fashion psychology gets to the root of that. It's trying to give people all of the knowledge and all of the resources so that they can style themselves and shop in a mindful way and helps them to lean into their most authentic self. That is so fascinating. So let's talk about nostalgia and its role in fashion. Nostalgia is having a huge moment right now and has been for a while. What are your favorite nostalgia-inspired trends that are happening today? I think maybe because I'm a 90s baby, all of the 90s Mm -hmm. trends, especially from 90s R&B and hip hop, those styles are something that will always resonate with me. And that leads us into the psychology of nostalgia. I think fashion is cyclical and very nostalgia driven. Since we were all little, we've always seen people talk about trends now being from back in the day. And there are so many psychological studies that talk about the positive benefits of nostalgia. There's research that have found that when they're thinking back on past times, it increases their mood, it makes them feel more confident, it makes them feel happier. There's even a study that asks people to immerse themselves into a cold atmosphere and then asks them to engage in nostalgic thinking. And they found that participants that were engaging in that nostalgic thinking felt 
physically warmer than those that weren't. Engaging nostalgia can even make you feel cozier. So it's the same kind of rationale to think that when we engage in nostalgic dressing and we immerse ourselves in times gone by, we're going to feel better about ourselves. It's going to lift our mood. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we say the 90s, the 80s, the 70s will never die because it makes us feel good. Even when we're not a part of those generations, it's called the good old days for a reason. We always look back with rose-colored glasses. And I think these days specifically, people are looking at easy tools to lift their mood. We're in very chaotic, unstable times. And your wardrobe is a very easy, underlooked resource to make yourself feel better. Absolutely. Are there any nostalgia-inspired trends that you've been seeing that you wouldn't expect to be referencing from the past? I think given the amount of conversation surrounding body positivity, I was quite surprised when we had the micro minis and the midriff bearing tops coming back. However, I think we've now moved from the conversation being solely about body positivity and more about body neutrality. And that is another thing I talk about in my book, In Big Just Energy, about how you can utilize your clothes and your wardrobe to help you change or improve the way you feel about your body. So there's this principle called don't, not, can't. So a lot of the times when we're wearing clothes or looking at trends, we say, oh, I can't wear that. I can't wear that because I hate this part of my body. I can't wear this mid just because I have this big belly. However, if you change your mind frame into saying don't instead, you position it more into a way where you're thinking, how can you take control? So instead of saying, I can't wear this, it's I don't choose to engage in this style because it doesn't highlight an aspect of my body, which I'm particularly comfortable with. So instead, I will choose to engage in this trend. One good thing about fashion is as much as we have these trends coming and going, I think what many people don't realize is they have the power. You have the power to choose to engage in something or not. You have the power to shift the perception of what type of person is allowed to engage in the trend just because you see a certain aesthetic or a certain person with a body shape being lauded as the pinnacle of this trend. It doesn't mean that that's what it is. I think, especially with social media, we've been able to curate a feed that is more reflective of the images that we are aspiring to. We're able to embrace the trends and body types that are more aligned with us. So again, you can change your way of thinking in order to use fashion in the way that celebrates your body or just embraces the parts you like. It's about giving you the power. The idea of, quote, dressing for one's body type feels so limiting. And it's nice to be able to wear what you want and feel like you have the power to highlight the way you look in the way you want. There's been a lot of talk around that Y2K trend, which is like the low-rise jeans and the micro minis and how when that came around the first time in the early 2000s, it really was about like the body as the accessory. And I know certainly I've felt shut out of that trend because I was like, I don't want to go back there. I like high-waisted jeans, but I love how you wrote about it in your book because I think people are really looking for an outlet in that way to engage in fashion in a way that makes them feel good rather than feel excluded. I love that you mentioned about, you know, dressing for your body type. I hate the notion of 
if you're a pear, if you're an apple, you know, like we're not fruit salads. I hate hate that concept. I think people should be really using their clothes as a tool. There's going to be some people who think that tight clothing is a way for them to take up space and celebrate aspects of their body. But then other people are going to think that tight clothing is inviting criticism, is going to make them feel more harshly about their body. Trends and fashions and styles and seasons and collections, it's great, but People think that they're powerless and they just have to go along with it as they see. And my whole book is about reframing it to understand that you can take what resonates and leave what doesn't. It's all about really understanding what works for you and just utilizing your wardrobe as a way to lean into the best aspect of yourself. Absolutely. I love, again, jumping into the clinical aspect of it. As a physician, I like hearing about research and studies When we speak of psychology, specifically about the psychology of fashion, it showcases how we feel individually on who we are to the world. And that can really have a major impact on our emotions and mood. So, for example, a lot of my patients, what they bring up is when their children are in their teenager years, there's like this big fluctuation with fashion trends or what they're trying. Does that have anything to do with possibly maybe what they're going through psychologically as a teen? Yeah, I think one of the first books I read about fashion psychology is called Fashion Through Identities. When you're at a time when you're really trying to find your place in the world, find your social identity as well, the people that you're aligning yourself with, you utilize your wardrobe and your sense of style to help you put that into Almost words when you don't have the language to speak it, you can use your clothes and your style as a way to lean into the three different ways that we view ourselves. Studies say that we can use our style to lean into the person that we are most of the time, the person that we hope to be, so our most idealized version of ourselves, or our person that we fear to be, so us on our worst days. And if you look at your wardrobe on the way you dress every day, you'll notice that we often like flip between those three. But imagine when you're younger, when you don't know where you want to be in life, those three different identities are going to really shape and evolve and your wardrobe will do it alongside It's when you get a bit older and you notice that you get a bit more comfortable in yourself and who you are, you notice that you're more, you have kind of these mainstay styles that you feel very comfortable and confident in. One thing I hate is the concept of having a signature style. That's for cartoons. That's for The Simpsons. That's for Family Guy. We are multifaceted as humans. We change. We should be able to celebrate these different sides of us. Anybody that knows me will know I'm like that as well. One minute I can be very masculine. The other day I can be very sultry and feminine. And one day I can be very corporate and I can be very uh, like hipster, you know, and I feel like that's absolutely fine. And it's almost allowing you as well to lean into those aspects of your identity and celebrate the things that make you unique. As humans, as much as we're social creatures and we want to belong, we also need to balance that with our desire to stand out. And your wardrobe is a way to allow you to do that. Like it sounds like astrology, like your rising sign is like what you want people to see when they first meet you. And your moon sign is what you fear. You know, it's true. It's like our feelings on a particular day make up so much of how we present ourselves to the world. In terms of the trend cycle, I think generally it's believed we're on this 20 years trend cycle 
and it repeats every 20 years and that's when things come back. What do you think about the trend cycle? Like there are so many eras in the limelight again right now. There's like 70s curtain bangs, 80s blue eyeshadow, 90s winged liner, and it's all kind of happening at once. Do you think that this 20-year rule still lives up? Or do you think that kind of in our modern society with social media, with the internet, it kind of no longer exists in that same cycle? Yeah, I would agree. I feel like our cycles are definitely shortening. And I think social media has a massive role to play in that. But from a psychological perspective, this is happening in conjunction with the fact that we're becoming increasingly hyper-individualized as a society. And people are now utilizing these trends as a way to kind of feed into their sense of self. So we're seeing less trends that are about aesthetics and more about personality troops. And that's something that you're definitely seeing on on TikTok specifically. So you had like clean girl aesthetic and like the clean girl is not just about the way she looks, but if you're a clean girl, then you talk about this, you watch this show, like you engage in that. And I think people are really trying to find easier ways to showcase and package up their personalities and they're utilizing their clothes to do that. And the more people want that, the more these like micro trends are going to come into fruition. When things get a lot more complicated and you're giving so much information, you want to find out where you fit in. So this kind of like, tell me what I am or let me let me define myself in this way, define myself in that. I think that's going to become increasingly popular. They want it to become super specific to who they are and we're just going to get more trends. And of course, that means that cycles are going to get short. Totally. I feel like we're constantly writing about like all the cores, like dark academia core, ballet core, Regency core. Like it's like, it's getting more and more niche every single time. At the end of the day, people want to find community. And I think it does really speak to the chaotic nature of the internet and of our world right now that it's like, it feels comfortable to feel like you found your people. Like there's a blueprint for like, how you can live your life. I guess this is a question sort of about if it's the chicken or the egg. Like, do you think nostalgia is something that designers are pulling from right now intentionally? Or does this say something broader about our collective experience? I definitely think it's both. No one is exempt from the positive benefits and feelings of nostalgia, design is included. So people are drawn to things that make them feel good. It's pretty simple as that. And then on the other hand, you have fashion moving from being very top down now to being bottom up. People on the street, people online, they are dictating what is gonna be the next trend and they're dictating the things that inspire these designers. Okay, so we have a quick break, but we'll be back with the incredible Shakela Forbes-Bell in a second. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. 
Now, you were mentioning before of how it makes us feel. So I always think of like, does it increase like our our serotonin, our feel-good neurotransmitters and hormones? And what effect and impact does participating in a nostalgic trend have on our well-being? I think there's a couple of reasons why people engage in trends. Like I mentioned earlier, belonging is a core part of one of our needs, our social needs. And jumping on trends and wearing things that make you feel part of the current cultural zeitgeist, it's actually been proven to make people think you're more sociable and to draw people towards you. And I think these days as well, people are more so utilizing their styling choices as a way to showcase their values and beliefs. You know, they're literally wearing their beliefs on their sleeves. But I think if we're talking about how clothes make you feel, I have to talk about one of the main concepts in fashion psychology, which is enclosed cognition. So back in 2012, two researchers called Hajo and Adam they wanted to explore the mind-clothes connection. So I'm sure you've heard of the mind-body connection, but they wanted to take a step further and look at clothes. So they got two group of participants. They all told them to wear a white coat, but they told half of the group that the white coat was a doctor's lab coat and the other half that the white coat was a painter and decorator's coat. So they got them to engage in a series of tests where they had to to see a word written and the word is blue but the text is red and you're asked to say what color the font was and you get tripped up by the text and they measure you a series of tests like that and in the subsequent test they even got them to write out specifically what their clothes meant to them to really deepen that kind of mind close connection and afterwards they looked at the results and they found that the participants who were told they were wearing the doctor's coat outperformed the participants who were told that they were in the painter's smock. And they rationalized that the results came out this way because what we associate with doctors is attention to detail. Someone that's very conscientious, people that are very smart, have their due diligence about them. So when we wear clothes that we associate with certain traits, we embody them. So we can say it's the same for nostalgia. When we wear clothes that we associate with the good old days, with fun times, with happiness, when we wear it, we're going to embody and exude those traits as well. That's why it's so important to think carefully about the clothes that you're wearing. If you have a top that you associate with your your messy tom or something you wear at home and you're slouching and on that day is a day where you need to be on point and you need to be confident and you need to exude positive energy, that's going to negatively impact you. You know, there's a ton of other studies that talk about how our clothes impact the way we think and the way we act. Studies have found that when we are wearing uncomfortable clothing, it actually overloads our cognitive performance. So it makes us distracted, which in turn inhibits our ability to think clearly and to process information. So again, just thinking about the meanings you ascribe to your clothes, even the people you associate with your clothes, the memories you associate, all of those things have a direct impact. What you might even be not aware of consciously, but they do, they impact the way you navigate this world and the way you feel, which is so ultimately important. You know, if you want to have a better sense of control over the way you think, feel and act, you need to be aware of the energy, I guess, that your clothes are giving off. I think that's so fascinating, everything you've 
said is fascinating. Me too. I'm like, wow. (laughs) So we have a couple uh, rapid fire questions for you. It's time for the birdie cues. And the first one is right away three words that inspire your approach to beauty right now. Wellness, artistry, and culture. Love that. What's a trend that you want to bring back? Big 80s kind of earrings because I did it all the time. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) I was hoping you would say in 80s. Yes, I was a part of that decade. (laughs) (laughs) What is a part of your beauty or wellness routine that you do just for you? Just for you. It's a routine that I actually developed with an esthetician that I talk about in my book. It's the beauty psychology routine. So I actually found out that the way you apply your skincare can positively impact the way you feel. These Japanese researchers discovered that if you apply skincare with the palm of your hand, you're actually encouraging that that tactile stimulation can be can it reduces stress hormones and it releases oxytocin you know the love hormone and it makes you just feel better and that just all of those good feels it has a positive impact on your skin's ability to repair its ability to stay young and fresh so i always take my time and i use the palm of my hands i love that well you can definitely tell you have great skin I I literally was thinking, how did I put on my products this morning? And tomorrow morning, it will definitely be with my palms. It has been incredible to talk to you. I'm going to be thinking about everything you said for the rest of the day when I choose to get dressed and leave the house. Thank you so much, Akela. This was so fun. It was so fascinating. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yes. Thank you both for having me on. I had a great time. Thank you so much, Akela. That's all for this episode of Birdie Presents Tell Me More. I'm Dr. Jessica Shepard. I'm Hallie Gould. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. We'd love your feedback. So please rate this podcast and leave us a review. You can also find us online at birdie.com slash podcast. And make sure to come back next Thursday for our newest episode. Birdie Presents Tell Me More is produced by Birdie with Very Well Health in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Dot Dash Meredith. <laughs>